Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here again with the Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me today with a topic of considerable interest to all of us. Dementia. Dementia is a brain disease of which most of us are afraid. The older we get, the more afraid we are of it. We're afraid because it will lead to something that we really dread, and that is Alzheimer's. But we're also afraid of it because we don't understand it. We have a lack of knowledge and a lack of appreciation for dementia as part of the process of aging and living. Let me put it into some perspective, okay? From birth until age 25, our brain develops. It goes through a whole process of uh, developing cells and cleaning out cells and developing new cells and then finally stabilizing at about age 25. For some, it's a little bit later, and for some, it's a little bit sooner, but that's about the average. Our brain then stabilizes until we're about age 40. So whatever we are at 25 to 40 is about the same level of functioning, efficiency, and brain effectiveness in terms of our thinking, decision-making, problem-solving, conceptualization, learning, and so on, memory particularly. But at age 40, there seems to be a little bit of a bump. Some research shows that there's a a slight increase in our level of neurological activity and uh, efficiency and effectiveness. Learning and memory is improved just slightly. Enough to, it's a measurable amount, but not greatly. And then that continues until about age 50 to 60, where we then begin to see the brain go through a process of loss. Less efficient, memory is more difficult, Learning now becomes more difficult, particularly new learning. Memory of old events are still pretty well ingrained and stabilized and maintained. It's the new learning that is vulnerable and that we have difficulty maintaining. New learning we have difficulty achieving. So it's that new learning that we really struggle with after we're about age 60. For some, it's a little bit sooner, by the way. And for some, it could be a little bit later. But that's kind of the mid-age there of brain development, and the start of the decline. Now, a decline, you know, I'm going to call it three different portions, or three sections, or three types of decline. First, we have what we call mild cognitive impairment. That's at about age 60 and so on, where you sometimes just can't quite remember a person's name, or a telephone number, or an email address, or you can't quite remember some facts about a particular situation that you had recently engaged in. You, you remember uh, the old facts of life, some of the things that went back into 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of life, but it's that new learning that is difficult to maintain and to remember. So mild cognitive impairment is just that little, what we call cognitive slippage. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes we just have to cover it up by saying, well, it's just my age. But there's a noticeable glitch in our learning and in our memory at that point in time in our life, around 60. So that will continue for maybe about uh, 10 years, could be 15 years. Now it will gradually increase and gradually become more pronounced and become more noticeable. But at around the age of 80, we now come into what we call the stage of dementia, where really learning impairment is significant. Memory impairment is significant. We have much difficulty trying to learn new things, 
store them in memory, retrieve them when we need to, and utilize them and base our decisions and our future actions on the basis of what we have acquired and learned at around that age of life. And then we come into this stage of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is gross uh, neurological impairment, neurological disease, if you will, where learning is significantly impaired, memory is significantly impaired, process of retrieving information from memory and storage, whether it's long-term or just more recent, is very difficult for a person, and then behaves in odd ways, and personality changes take place, and, and um, odd behaviors occur because doesn't make sense to us, but it makes sense to them. I remember the story of a pastor in his 80s who had Alzheimer's, and he stood in the front window, and he looked at the hedges out in front of the house, the bushes, the hedges, and he spoke to them as they were his congregation. He preached to them every single day of his life thereafter, after he developed his Alzheimer's. The book that was referred to was The Hedges, and that story is his, his personal story. I remember of another gentleman who, in Alzheimer's, uh, had got the idea that all the garbage cans up and down the street were his. So one day he went down the street and brought all the garbage cans to his own home and put them in his front yard until it was discovered by his family what he had been doing. And his explanation was that they are mine, that they belong here. And all these people stole our garbage cans and they're bad people. You see how the confusion can set in and, and distortion sets in and odd thought patterns begin to set in with Alzheimer's. Besides gross memory problems, there's gross perceptual problems of what the world is and what the world consists of and what's going on around in the world. And uh, people just can't put two things together, can't put the facts together and become very distressed. And they themselves suffer. It's a very deep suffering that the Alzheimer's patient goes through. Now, some recent research uh, on this topic is, I think, considerably important. Because one of the things we have done over the last number of years, or maybe let's say the last 10 years, we have encouraged people, as they get older, to engage in an active lifestyle, to be socially active, to be intellectually active. That is, to take classes and to read and to study and to attend lectures and to listen to tapes and try to educate themselves on new topics, take up a new hobby, a new habit of some kind, so that they stimulate the brain. So besides kind of stimulating socially, stimulating intellectually, we try to get people to be more active in their physical development, to take on exercise, from join a gym, join a dance class, so somehow get involved in physical activity that there's rhythm and there's activity. We encourage people to listen to more music, to stimulate the brain through music, particularly music that they listened to while they were a child or in their young adult years or their mid-years. Go back and listen to the music on which you were raised and, and make that part of your older your experience in music as well. That will not only bring back memories, but it will stimulate the brain. So we've encouraged people you know, to do that. We've encouraged people to make new friends and to socialize in new ways and to just advance themselves and reach out so that you take on new events and new people, new learning of all kinds. As you do that, the brain becomes stimulated. 
And as the brain becomes stimulated, it resists this breakdown that normally occurs at the age of 60 and 80 and so on. So the more that you can be involved in the activities of physical development and stimulation and, and intellectual exercise, the more you are helping your brain be strong and resist that breakdown that otherwise would take place. Now, there's been some recent research, which I think is encouraging, actually. And um, we have some research in which 21,000 elderly people participated in a study. They were all 65 years of age and older. The National Institute of Aging funded this study. And um, these people were interviewed and were tested and were uh, given uh, various physical and mental tests to see how well they're functioning. And an interesting finding developed. There was a 24% decrease in dementia over the last 12 years, where it was almost 12% of the population in the year 2000. It now is about 8% of the population, 8.5% of the population. In other words, dementia, where ordinarily would develop at age 60, is now stretching out and developing later in life, number one, and less people are experiencing dementia. They're still experiencing mild cognitive impairment, as I mentioned, but that stage of dementia is being prevented or being put off. And I think it's because we've gotten our older population to actually take on the advice that I have just mentioned, intellectual stimulation, social stimulation, physical stimulation, physical exercise, music exercise, and stimulation, and so on. And they're doing it. They are more active today. We have a much more active, older population than ever before. And we're now seeing the results of that in the brain. Now, that's yet to be fully proven. There's some early studies now that are showing that. So we need to watch this, and we need to follow it. But at least we're seeing that the age of dementia is being delayed, the degree, the severity of dementia seems to be lessening in our older population. A very important finding that has taken place. Now, another research study in the year 2012, published in the Gerontologist, found that the number of elder orphans, now that's a new word for us, elder orphans, has skyrocketed across the nation over the past several decades, 20, 30 years. Now, that's a term that many of us have not referred to. We think of orphans as children. But likewise, there are elder orphans as well. These are people who have no family. They, don't, they aren't married or they're divorced. They never were married, perhaps. They don't have children. Or their other children have died or have abandoned them or have gone their separate ways. And here they are at the age of 45 to 63 or so, now being an elder orphan. And 50% increase in the elder orphan population since 1980. A 50% increase in the elder orphan population. In other words, we're seeing now a new trend. A trend of elder people who are alone, who have been abandoned, who have chosen themselves to abandon the family or the community. And now they are alone. They're living in little apartments, little rooming houses. Many are homeless. 
though many just feel absenteeism totally with the world around them. And uh, they struggle. They struggle on their own. And if that continues, we're going to find, I think, an older population, the or elder orphan, as one that's going to have more dementia. So we're going to have the normal population of people who are involved socially and, and uh, in a family life kind of a pattern of having less dementia. And we're going to see an elder orphan population having more dementia because they don't have the stimulation from family life and from living in the context of family and a home and a community and all the benefits that marriage and family bring to an individual. You see, marriage and family is the bulwark of a nation. With the marriage and family in place, our country is strong, our people are strong. But when the family has been taken away and the marriage has been diminished and has taken away from our culture, which has been the case actually, we find that the community and the nation weakens and we have problems of crime and we have problems in health. We have problems in our educational system of learning and applying themselves and being productive. All kinds of problems then develop. And it's a great study in itself, you know, to follow this pattern of the elder orphan and what that results in. The pattern of the absent family and what that results in. But you can do something about it in your own life. Whatever your age is, get involved in an anti-dementia program of intellectual activity, of stimulation, of social in interactions and activity, and of music, and of education, and of physical strength and development and, and uh, coordination and, and so on. But get involved. Get, do, be active. Be an active elder. Not an orphan elder, be an active elder. And make sure your activity level exercises the brain. And then, make sure that you're eating your vegetables and your fruits. Because remember, what's good for the heart is good for the brain. What's good for our body generally by eating vegetables is good for the heart and good for the brain. So, make sure your diet is one of considerable amount of vegetables and considerable amount of fruit and fish and berries, if you will. Berries of all kinds. Blueberries are very excellent. Red berries, blackberries. Get into the berries. Get into the salmon. You know, make sure that you're taking your omega-3 so that you stimulate that brain, but also the heart. So it's in your hands. Make sure you do something about it. It's in your good, and it's in the good of your family as you help them in their future life so that you don't become a drain on them as a family or on society. Because unfortunately... In the elder orphans, when they don't have a family, who do they rely on? They rely on the state. They rely on the state to support them economically in nursing homes and boarding homes of various kinds and assisted living programs and so on. And now it becomes a burden to the state economically. So you don't want to add to that. You don't want to be one of those kinds of people. It's in your hands. This has been the Psychology Report and um, Dr. Alan Hedberg. Say, um, go to my website, would you? Uh, booksbyhedberg.com. Booksbyhedberg.com. I have a book in there, Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. I have several chapters in there on dementia and Alzheimer's, and I have several chapters for caregivers and care providers and for doctors who serve this population. So in that book, there's a lot of information that you can pick up 
to help you think through the aging process and how you can do this in a positive manner. So it's booksbyhedberg.com. Nice to talk to you today, and see you again. Bye for now.